Welcome back to another episode of Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And in today's episode, we have a very special guest with us, Lissa K. Adams, author of The Bromance Book Club and Undercover Romance. The Bromance Book Club is a series about a group of men who get together to read romance novels in order to connect with their partners. The first book in the series follows Gavin, a professional baseball player who hits it out of the park on the field, but not in the bedroom. With the help of a Regency romance, Gavin hopes to reconnect with his wife, Thea, and keep their family together. Undercover Bromance is not a sequel to Gavin and Thea's story, but it exists in the same world. It's a hate-to-love romance following Thea's sister, Liv, and the Bromance Book Club founder, Brayden Mack. Both are witty, heartfelt, steamy, and just plain fun. Both of these books should sound familiar because Phoebe and I have discussed them uh, first in our romance series and recently when we were following up on some books that we had read on our TBRs. So thank you so much for joining us, Lissa. We are so happy to have you. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, so uh, yeah, I am. Um, I've been a romance reader um, since probably middle school. I couldn't tell you exactly what age I started reading them, but probably way too young. Um, I had a long career as a journalist, a newspaper reporter before I got into writing fiction, but I always knew I wanted to write romance. Um, and uh, I just, um, I, I love romantic stories. I love um, the the um, romance genre in general. Um, but there are some very specific things about romance that that I love that made me want to write them. And uh, of course, like most people right now, I'm um, writing in quarantine <laughs> with, um, <laughs> with um, my daughter at home from school and my husband working from home. And um, I was just telling some writer friends that um, I, I feel like I've run out of funny all of a sudden. <laughs> Oh my I to, gosh. I need to find some more funny because uh, it's been a little difficult right now. But um, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to in the next like two years getting all of the pandemic storylines. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Right>. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Emily saying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Totally. Um, I can just see like one of my favorite things in romance books is when you have that moment where it's like the one bed scene right where there's like yeah. one bed. I, can just, I can just picture that like in quarantine it's like oh you're stuck in a house together and there's only one bed yeah it's, it's gonna like, be a whole subgenre of pandemic romance <laughs> oh wow I'm gonna take these ideas and run with it then <laughs> um so where did the idea come from for the bromance book club because I think it's such an original idea that is so fun and it does such a good job of educating the audience while also like poking fun at some of the stereotypes but also like really like hitting home with important themes. Yeah thank you. Um, so the idea actually was sort of um, a combination of a couple of ideas that came together. Um, First, I, I came up with the idea of Gavin and Thea. I really wanted to write a, um, a marriage and trouble story, which is a lot easier and you see more often in historical romances <clears throat> for the very simple reason that um, in co a contemporary setting, people just get divorced very rarely. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to, to, you know, make a story work in modern times that if someone is, if their marriage is in so much trouble, why you know, how, how do you make that, you know, romantic in any way, but I wanted to try to make it work. Well, then, um, 
became sort of this series of allegations about um, very powerful men um, being accused of, you know, sexual assault and all these men that we trusted or some that we already knew we didn't trust, but now we have the details of why. And, and, and I think like a lot of American women, I was just completely fed up with this, this idea of that men were expected to behave a certain way and that we were supposed to just put up with this and that, um, you know, that, that this is, was just locker room talk or, you know, this is how men were and, and, and fed up with the idea that, um, you know, well, men, men and women are different and they don't express themselves the same way. So this was all sort of, you know, percolating at the same time. And I thought, you know, one, I don't buy any of that. And two, you know, romance readers and writers for so long or have always said, I wish men would read romance. You know, I wish my husband would read romance or I wish, you know, um, because it, it, it tells stories. So, um, not always, but, but for, you know, for the most part, predominantly it has been from the, the woman's point of view. And so the idea just kind of came together. I was like, what if, what if there really was a group of men who secretly read romance novels to learn how to be better men and better partners in their relationships? Um, and to try to sort of look at the world through a different lens, one that was um, not, you know, a lens that they had not been taught before, um, yeah. one that was less toxic. And and um, and so that's how it all came together. Yeah, I, I love it. I remember when it first came up on like NetGalley, number one, the cover was so great. And I was like, this sounds fascinating. Um, and I <laughs> Actually, I bought it um, from Fabled Bookshop in Waco, Texas, because I was out there. Um, my fiance was traveling for work, so I went with him. And I bought, brought it up to the register, and the guy was like, I have heard such good things about this book. Uh, and I was like, me too. <laughs> and he was like, do you think guys can read it? And I was like, I think guys should read it. Um, <laughs> that's, that's my evil plan right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, um, it's just so fun. And it's written from dual perspective, which I think is a great way, especially like with what the book's purpose is to show like the female mind versus the male mind and all of that. So did you have a favorite character to write in either book? Um, oh gosh, you know, yes and no. I always feel like whoever I'm currently writing is my favorite person right now. <laughs> um, but I love each one of them for different reasons. I loved Thea, you know, writing Thea because of I can relate to her as a, a mom and a wife, um, you know, and a wife to some to to a man whose career has been very dominant, you know, in our lives. Um, my husband's a sports journalist, and so. Um, you know, he travels all the time and, you know, and it, like our, we, we had to pick our wedding date based on the sports schedule, you know? Um, and so, you know, I, so I relate to Thea and I relate to Liv's crankiness, you know, <laughs> um, but I would have to say that, um, you know, I love creating the whole world, the secondary characters who are always, um, supporting whoever that main couple is. I really enjoy that. Um, um, I mean, I love every character I write, but that's how the, the secondary characters tend to challenge them and push them. And, and that's always really fun. Yeah. Well, clearly because you were able to create a whole, like they're not true sequels to each other, but they exist in the same world. So right. it's so fun. Like, I can't wait for October now with the next one. <laughs> um, to, I know. To and I, I, 
I just love the idea of having, like Phoebe was saying earlier, the dual perspective. I haven't read a lot of romance novels that have that male perspective to it. And I just, I absolutely loved that. And I think you kind of um, alluded to it a little bit earlier that you've been a longtime romance reader, but when do you think you really started? Like when did that spark start for you? And when did you um, first pick up romance and do you have a favorite? Yeah. So I did start reading, you know, when I was probably in middle school and I would have been swiping them from my grandma's bookshelves. You know, my grandma was an avid reader. My whole family was. And um, I loved, you know, of course I loved the, the romance of them, but I also just loved that those stories were told from, you know, it, they explored women's lives in a way that I wasn't seeing in, you know, the Stephen King books that, you know, were coming out at the time or the John Grisham books that were coming out. You know, uh, these books were, were about, women's lives and 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 allowed women to succeed and overcome things in a way that I wasn't seeing. Um, of course, I was too young to articulate it in that way, you know, uh, until later in life. But I do have some sort of some perennial favorites um, that are on my keeper shelf. Um, one is an old romance. I think it was published in 1979 so of course there are a lot of things about it that just don't hold up today you know that you'd be like oh that would not you know it's kind of problematic but um it's just such a compelling story it's called separate beds by laverle spencer mm-hmm. who was like the queen of romance it sounds like, like a, a the, romance authors you know yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and I mean, I'm looking at, it, I can see it on my shelf right now. Um, and that was just a, you know, you know, a, I love that book. It's about, a um, a marriage of convenience actually. Um, and so I love that one. I also love, uh, Susan Elizabeth Phillips is one of my favorites and I love the book natural born charmer. Um, can't remember what year that came out, but I don't, I don't think it's, has it been even 10, maybe even 10 years since that book has been out. Um, but that's, one of my all-time favorites and that I read I've read multiple times um <laughs> and I think what what tends to be books that tend to end up on my keeper shelf um are books that do have that really explore um characters journey not just within a relationship it's the focus is on um how they change as people from the beginning yeah. to and that you really see them grow and change and overcome things and make realizations about themselves, um, which is a huge part of what, you know, happens in all of these romance books that, that these, they have huge epiphanies about themselves. Like, oh my God, this is why I've always sucked in a relationship, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually, so Liv was like, I had a hard time connecting with Liv in the first book. So when I was reading Undercover Bromance, I was nervous because I loved Gavin and Thea so much. And I was like, am I going to connect with Liv? Like, she was sort of bothering me. Like, let her sister do her thing. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, she was She was meant to be, meant to be, un, you know, nasty in book one. <laughs> she's, yeah, but in Undercover Bromance, I felt like she, I saw one review where someone said, like, no, there's no such thing as the perfect feminist. And Liv is, like the embodiment of like the realizations that we make of like our own internalized sexism and all of that. And like the journey that she went on. And by the end, I was like, Oh my God, I love them. (laughs) Like (laughs) I didn't think that I would connect with Liv the same way that I connected with Gavin and Thea. Yeah. 
Um, and I, think- I mean, I, that was definitely what I was my, I was aiming for with Liv was that um, she she had a lot to learn about herself, you know, mm-hmm. um, that uh, and I, I liked writing her journey. Yeah, um, I think that's, I mean, a good segue into our, the next question that we have is like, why do we need romance novels? Um, and I definitely think we need them because obviously they showcase the female perspective and um, it's, I think it's a great uh, journey, like journey for us as readers to be able to see ourselves represented in smaller ways. Um, Cause I mean, there's nothing more yeah. universal than love. Um, but why do you think that we need romance novels? Yeah, I, I, I think one, one of the things that you just said, yeah, I said that, that it is, love is universal. And, and um, I think it, um, it, romance novels ultimately are about empathy um, we, we can empathize with people. We, we can learn to, um, understand that every single person you meet is, is fighting an internal battle, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so that there, I think that sort of one of the things that I love about romance is that, that they really are novels about hope and empathy more than, mm-hmm. you know, even not even just love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the other reason that they are so important is, you know, you touched on the other one is that, these are stories that celebrate the um, small but hugely significant um, lives that we, or, or victories that we, and struggles that we face every single day in our lives. And, and you know, these, the stakes that these books explore are, I mean, sometimes it's life and death and romantic suspense, but more often than not, it's things like, you know, struggling in relationships with your parents or, or your jobs and 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 loneliness and 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 these are books that explore um, those universal human um, uh, struggles that we have, mm-hmm. and I think it's the only genre that really um, does that um, in a a hopeful way. Yeah, a lot of books explore the human experience. But what romance does is it it does so in a very hopeful way. Um, you know you're going to get an ending that makes you feel good, and I think that's important. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know that one of the criticisms, of course, of the romance genre is that, well, you know, they're going to end up together in the end, so somehow they're predictable. Well, they're somehow though people keep wanting to read them. Yeah. <laughs> about these books that if you know the minute you pick it up, how it's going to end. There must be something about the journey. Is that what mm-hmm. makes it? And, and I think that's what I love about romance. Well, it's so it's so interesting that um, you say that because I think I'm I'm team. One of my friends always says um, spoilers save lives or at least they save books because <laughs> so, sometimes just knowing like ha- having, you know, you know, when you pick up a romance book, you're going to get a happily ever after or happy for now ending. Yes. And sometimes that makes you lean into that journey a little bit more because you oh, already trust the ending. Yes. And absolutely. so I guess, you know, knowing that that's where you're going to end up, what is, what is the writing process like for you through a romance? Do you, do you chart it out or, or just go with a character's perspective? <laughs> yeah. So my writing process would, is, is kind of chaotic. Um, but it's mine, you know, I have to live with it. Um, I, I come up with characters first, um, and I, I try to figure out who they are as people. Um, you know, what are they struggling with? Who are they on page one? And who do I want them to be, you know, on the last page? 
And what do I need to put them through to get to that, to, to make it through that journey? Um, and so when I, what I then do is um, I do sort of chart out an outline, but not as detailed as I used to simply because fast deadlines make that impossible. I don't have the luxury of a long outline anymore. Um, so I cheat, honestly. I make a list uh, for every book when I start drafting. I say, okay, these are 30 to 50 scenes I know have to be in this book. And my first draft is simply an attempt to write one to 2,000 words of each of those scenes that are going to be changed and draft revised and added to and deleted later. Um, but I know, for example, there's going to be a first kiss scene. There's going to be a second kiss scene. There's going to be a breakup scene. You know, I mean, I know all of these things that are going to happen. Um, and I kind of go from there. But for me, um, a lot of the really important um, uh, theme elements and um some of that stuff doesn't actually happen until the really, really end of the process. Like I just turned in the copy edits yesterday for the third book that comes out in October. Wow. And I was still making some like changes. I was still being like, oh my God, why did I not realize that I never followed up on, you know, this that was introduced in chapter two? I need, that's perfect. I need to bring that back in chapter 30 or whatever. Um, so for me, it's once I get to that very end where I start to think, it really all comes together for me. And I start to see that broader theme and that broader message. Oh, do you think it's difficult to like find the balance between um, the larger messages and then like, I guess what like the romance fans come to expect? Yeah, it, it is hard to strike a good balance. Um, it's also hard to strike a balance between humor and romance, humor and mm -hmm. you know, subjects like in book two, we're talking about sexual harassment. I mean, that was a yeah. very delicate balance to try to, 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 to reach. Right. Um, and uh, one of the ways that I try to do that is um, I think of every book as um, having three different distinct storylines. Uh, and I think of them as conflict storylines. You've got a conflict storyline about whatever this external quest is that they're on. You know, in the case of, of undercover bromance, it's the trying to bring down this celebrity chef, this sexually mm -hmm. harassing chef. That's one conflict storyline. Then you've got the romantic conflict storyline. Clearly, you know, Liv and Mac, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to, first of all, get to stand each other, you know, be in the same room together <laughs> without fighting. Um, and then, um, and then, of course, fighting their feelings for each other. Um and then you've got the third conflict storyline, and that is whatever internal thing about, you know, mm -hmm. themselves that they're having to, to overcome. And so I think the way to strike that balance is to stop and say, okay, where am I at in each of those storylines? Where am I at in each of those journeys? And, and um, usually I end up realizing that I've got a pretty equal number of scenes for each of, each of those conflict storylines. That just felt like a masterclass in writing in like the most succinct <laughs> way. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Well, we've, Ashley and I have both been talking about how like we've, with the extra time on our hands now, we're like, oh, maybe we'll write a book. Like, we'll see what happens. But I'm like, oh, that's time to start right there. <laughs> <laughs> I can at least get a first draft out of that. Right. <laughs> oh. I, I love that too, like the idea of, because sometimes I think the hardest part about writing is starting and getting started and ha staring at that blank page. And so I love the idea of kind of dividing it into these little, you know, if I can just get a thousand words for this one moment, yeah, um, 
Yeah. And, and speaking of moments, obviously some of our favorite moments in romance are the more intimate scenes and, um, (laughs) Phoebe and I, when we learned more about the romance genre um, and prep for the podcast, we, you know, learned the terminology of open door uh, scenes and closed door scenes. Right. So what do you think? And this is something that I I think about often. I I like an open door romance uh, scene for because of what can be conveyed in there. Um, right. But I'm interested to see your thoughts on, you know, obviously we, we see that in, um, in your books and, uh-huh. you know, what do you think that that can accomplish? Um, you know, the different types of scenes and how much you show in an intimate scene. Yeah. You know, and it really does depend on the book and, and, and the, 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 the couple, how much to show and, and, you know, whether it should be open door or closed door. Um, I do tend to do more open door. Um, I'm certainly not as explicit as, as some other authors are. Um, I actually have had people rate mine as being only middle of the road heat level, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, my characters do grow as a couple through that that intimacy. Um, I think that's true in life as well. I think that, you know, um, intimacy is um, uh, in some ways a conversation between two people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, um, I try to convey that on the page as much as possible, learning about each other and growing and, and, and trusting each other. Um, I also think it's really important to show and model what consent looks like mm-hmm. and sounds yeah. like, um, and, and how intimate that is and how that is, how beautiful that is and how respectful that can be. Um, but I do know every character and every couple is different. So, um, you know, the third book that I just finished, um, you know, the one that comes out in October, um, there is more open door intimate scenes than in the first two books because it made sense. (laughs) (laughs) Because it made sense for what that couple is going through Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and you know, no, I don't want to give any spoiler alerts, but it just, it made more sense in how they, in that, in that story, the book that I'm currently starting to write, you talk about the fear of that blank page. Oh my God. Chapter one is staring me in the face. Um, <laughs> and that is actually the Russians book. Um, I love him so much. <laughs> um, so he's going to, you know, his storyline will probably, will have a completely different, um, you know, how much it gets shown and at what point in the book will be completely different, you know, because yeah. it's, it's, you know, you have to weigh it. Um, I will say that I, as a reader, um, I don't generally care either way. I'm happy if it's shown. I'm ha- I'm okay if it's not shown. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, um, if, if the, if the book has been told well, I can understand why or why not, you yes. know, whether they went with open or closed door. I so agree with that. Um, I'm an actor. And so something that we say a lot is like, you have to earn your moments. Um, I like that. Like you can't just start screaming on stage with the audience isn't going to believe you. They're not going to understand <laughs> that. And I really like feel like that, how I read books is, um, translates to that as well, because I don't care how much is there if I'm so invested in these characters. Right. Yeah. Um, and I know like 
you're we're not supposed to say like oh like people have to earn their sex life or whatever everyone's entitled to a healthy sex life and all of that but I just mean like from like an emotional um intimacy perspective like I think that makes so much sense and it's such a it's an eloquent way of doing it because there's no it's just another type of conversation um yeah and I mean the Christmas tree scene at the end of Romance Book Club. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and I there was one moment I I think I think it was the Russian in book two where I um was laughing out like on the subway, laughing out loud like I never have before. Um so I mean just so good. Um, but I guess you alluded to that you have another, you are working on another project. Um yeah. Yeah. Yep. Can you tell so him? Are, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, you know, the third book that is, comes out in October and then the, I signed with Berkeley for three more bromance books. Yes. So, so there will be a total right now of six bromance books. Um, oh so the fourth one is about the Russian and it comes out in summer of 2021. I don't have, you know, an exact release date, of course. Um, but um, I, yeah, so his, his story um, was, I never intended to write his book. And I will say, um, I will just let readers know, readers, you have influence. <laughs> <laughs> I never intended to write the Russian book. Um, I mean, he was just a beloved character. You know, I love writing him. He's so, oh my God, he's so funny. And so, you yeah. know, and, uh, but readers were actually saying, you have to write this book. You have to write this book. And I had people at Berkeley saying, we would totally love to read a book about the Russian. And I'm like, really? <laughs> He's got such good, like, one-liners that I, like, I, I need a whole book about him. Like, You're the silent type, you know? Like, yes. all of a sudden, there he is. Um, so uh, coming up with the plot for him was like, all right, well, what, what do I do with this guy? You know? <laughs> yeah, what kind so, of woman is attracted to the Russian? And, like, what does she look for? <laughs> So um, I'm very happy. I, I won't say anything about the plot yet uh, until it'll, you know, go up on, you know, for I'm not even sure. I have no idea when I can, but I will just say that it is um, I'm excited about the plot. Um, I think it's going to be um, a really fun, really fun book. And I'm actually glad that I have it to write right now because um, it I think it is going to be a really, really, really funny, funny book. And I kind of need that right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and uh, there's going to be a lot of shenanigans, of course. And so I'm very, very excited. Very excited about it. That's awesome. Well, I was going to ask which of your male characters is like your dream guy between Gavin and Brayden. <laughs> but like, we've got lots to choose from. <laughs> like, is there anyone modeled after anyone? I mean, you probably don't want to tell us if it's modeled after anyone in your life. But... <laughs> Okay, well, I will say um, my husband always wants me to say um, there is nothing autobiographical whatsoever in book one. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume that's important to note. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, but also though, um, some of the best insults that Mac whips out come straight from my husband. Like my oh, husband what? has some of the best insults. You know, I mean, he's been a sports journalist for so long, so. Um, you can imagine the stuff that he and his, you know, sports writer friends say to each other in the press box. Um, so I do have to thank him for, for giving me some of Mac's best, best insults. But, um, I would have to say that again, whoever I'm currently writing is my favorite man. Yeah. 
<laughs> I love aspects of all of them. I do love Gavin's sweetness. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's a good father and um, just wants his wife back so badly. I, you know, I love that about him. But I love that Mac is um, such a feminist. You know, I love yeah. that, he, you know, that he's the one who sets the other guys straight half the time. Like, you can't mm-hmm. say crap like that, you know. Yeah. Um, but he's maybe, a delightful surprise. Yes, he is. But you know who was actually really fun to write was Hop. Um, oh yeah, book two, the, the the older gentleman who works on the farm with Rosie. So he was sweet. Kind of fun. That yeah. was such a fun element. That like, <laughs> oh, it reminded me of. Oh gosh, I don't know. It reminded me of a movie, but um, like when they come tumbling out and they're like, "What's going on?" I was like, "This is such a delight." <laughs> It was so unexpected, which I also love. I love when romance novels can give us, um, like, a little bit more than we were expecting, which I definitely think that we get in your books, is that there's... Yeah, yeah, we're getting such, like, in-depth looks at these characters' lives outside of their relationships. Um, One of our favorite romance books um, is The Simple Wild, and we talk about how... have to read that book I keep hearing about it and it's like it's on my kindle right now and I have not read it yet it's fantastic um but we like it because um it has like it has their relationship but you see such character growth um and I think it's a great reminder especially to young women if you're single right now that your whole life is not your relationship your relationship is just like the cherry on top of the Sunday of your life. Yeah. Um, oh, but, I can't wait to see it then. Yeah, and the sequel's great. <laughs> our listeners <laughs> are always like, will we ever get through an episode where Phoebe and Ashley don't mention it? Um, <laughs> but you, since your readers reached out to you and were like, you have to write the Russians' books, like how um, have you connected with readers in any other ways or... Um, like, has the response surprised you? Or, um, like, what do you want your readers to get out of your books? Well, the response has definitely surprised me. Absolutely. Um, I hoped that people would love it and like it and, and, and um, you know, want to read it. Um, but, yeah, I've definitely been very surprised by, um, you know, the response. Uh, you know, pleasantly surprised <laughs> by it. Um, I, you know, I think that the, what I hope, people get you know get out of it is just that um one that all people should read romance it's not mm-hmm. you know that that this, these are stories that that apply to everybody and everybody um deserves a happy ever after um and everyone can work towards a happy ever after um and I one of the things that I love the most is when I hear from um people who did have their husbands or you know boyfriend read it and they love the book you know I mean I, I that to me is so is so fun when I find out that a guy read it and loved it um but I have been very surprised and I love getting messages from people you know just saying in particular the past few weeks since we've been going through all of this stuff <laughs> um you know <laughs> the book came out right before we all got locked into our houses and um, I've been getting a lot of message from messages from people saying, you know, thanks for giving me something to laugh at. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, my, yeah. I need a, you know, needed something funny. Um, so that's been kind of nice to nice to hear. But um, yeah, I just I always hope that I end on a hopeful note that, yeah. that people are able to be, you know, to realize that you can overcome a lot 
and you got to dig into your own backstory um, and figure out what it is that's keeping you from your own happy ever after. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it truly did come out at the best time. Um, I remember when I picked it up, I was like, thank goodness <laughs> that I have this <laughs> to lean on right now. Um, oh, I had another question that just escaped me, and I'm upset because it was a good one. Um, oh, oh, wait. I was um, So do you think that this has, like, the potential to be turned into, like, a movie or anything? Because I described it to my fiancé, and he was like, that sounds great, but he, like, doesn't read. So he was like, when it gets made into a movie, be <laughs> like, my, yeah, he was like, a top rom-com, because it sounds hilarious. <laughs> you know, I would love for it to be made into a movie. We, um, you know, we we have a film agent, so we'll see what happens. But um, I, hey, I would love that. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I always think it's fun to like, we uh, like to cast the books. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like Ryan Reynolds would be a good Gavin. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. So fun. I, I right. mean, I would just say, you know, if you just want to put like Chris Evans into any one of those. Flats, At, I'd yes. Be, um, <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, this has been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for joining us, Alyssa. Um, I appreciate it. The Bromance Book Club and Undercover Bromance are available now. And what's the title of the third book? The third book is called Crazy Stupid Bromance. And it is uh, coming out October 27th. And it's already up for pre-order, I think. Yeah, I think it's already up. The cover is up. And yeah. Well, I know that you had a couple appearances that were canceled due to the COVID-19 crisis. So one of the greatest ways that we can support authors right now is by pre-ordering books. So if you're interested, go check out, check it out. We'll have links to pre-order sites. Um, and if you want to pre-order it from an indie bookstore that we support as well, that would be great because they need our help right now too. Absolutely. Um, great. <laughs> having me it was very fun thank you so much thanks for listening and we will see you next time original music by jake thorne original artwork by lindsay huckabee you can find lindsay on instagram at lindsay draws it again or on etsy at lindsay draws co podcast produced and edited by me ashley chandler and phoebe wright you can find us on instagram at read it or list it pod all rights reserved 2020.